so we at this point it's the pandemic, so we training with dummies. So one of the people from the front desk come and they're like, "Hey, they need you out here." So I, of course, if they need me, somebody's got hurt, like you know, somebody got a broke ankle or some 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 EMT shit. So I'm like thinking to myself, "Who in the fuck hurt themselves with a dummy?" I'm like, I don't even know if they if I, de- I they deserve any saving. I'm about to go laugh at them and like. Like, what the hell is going on back here? We got dummies back here. How are you injuring yourself? So I go back there, and then, of course, yeah, Mauricio's standing there with a black belt. I'm like, oh, shit. Why y'all doing this to me? So, What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Pohada Podcast, episode number nine and the fifth installment in the Booze with a Black Belt series. As you heard there, this time around, my guest is Ken Glenn from The Cellar Gym. He's a military veteran, a firefighter, a father a mixed martial arts fighter, a boxer, a jiu-jitsu black belt, of course, and an all-around good dude. As usual, before we get started, a huge shout-out to the Brooks family for hosting the conversation, and a big huge what's up to 5 Watt Coffee out of Minneapolis and St. Paul, the podcast sponsor. Make sure to rate and write something funny on Apple Podcasts for us, and if it's good... I can hook you up with a gift card for 5-Watt Coffee, the best coffee in the universe. Also, make sure to stick around at the end. There's a little clip from next week's conversation. It'll be a little bit of a throwback to the early installments. Kind of a bro talk with one of my fellow M-Theory members, Mr. Ryan Pottery Barn. And without further ado, my conversation with Ken Glenn. This one's going to be good because I never met you before. Yeah, yeah. First time. I like that. Um, (laughs) You are... An MMA fighter? Yeah. And a jiu-jitsu guy, kind of yeah, part of that, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, You do Muay Thai or Western or what do you do? So, I train Muay Thai, but my specialty, I would say, is boxing. R.I.P. Spinks, right? Yeah, man. That's a big Crazy. deal. Crazy, yeah. Yeah, he lived a good life, but yeah, he was he was a great. I was just watching that uh, him and uh, Ali fight. Uh-huh. It was pretty good. Yeah, just being one of the guys that beat Ali yeah, seems like yeah. even if he came and took it right back afterwards, <laughs> like whatever. Yeah, that's still a big deal. That's something to hang your hat on. You're a firefighter too. I'm kind yeah. of just doing the general intro yeah, thing yeah, here, yeah, right? Yeah, Minneapolis. Um, you're the regional manager, and you've got an assistant to the regional manager, <laughs> right? You got a few kids. At three. Three of them. So three. your dad. Yeah. What else? What what are the, what are the other broad strokes? Uh army used to be. Prior military, did that for 12 years. Um, Something tells me we, we go kind of chronological because, again, we never met. Yeah, so and let's odds see. Are, odds are there's a majority of people that listen to this are M-theory people, so they might not actually know you. Yeah. Right? Hopefully that's not totally the case, right? Yeah. So are you from here? Nope. Uh, so <laughs> grew up south side of Chicago. Moved to North Carolina when I was 13. Um Went to high school in North Carolina, joined the Army, spent 12 years, and then I've been in Minnesota for about eight years, a little bit over eight years now. How long were you in Chicago? I was there until I was 13. We moved to okay. North Carolina when I was so 13. Formative years. Right? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Getting out of there was probably the best thing okay. ever. <laughs> I was about to say, was it pretty good or no? Uh, no, it, mean, it was all I knew. So, yeah. at that point, I mean, looking back on it. It was not good, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> at the time, that was just, that's what it was, so you right, don't know no better. Right. You didn't get in any trouble so. yourself or anything like that? It was just... No, no. We got out, like, right in time. If we didn't went to high school there, it would have been sure. a wrap. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. yeah, my mom did the right thing there. Yeah. Shout out to mom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
What did sure. you say, North Carolina? Yep, that? yep, Greensboro, North Carolina. How'd you end up? Why, why do you so my sister, Chicago? she got a um, full ride to uh, Bennett College. It's uh, HBCU, all-girl HBCU out mm-hmm. there in Greensboro. Mm-hmm. And my mom shot down there to visit her um, like for winter break or something. And then my mom met her then-husband, and she basically came back and told us we're moving in six mm. months we laughed at her and then sure enough <laughs> in chicago is k through eighth all same school kindergarten through eighth oh, grade okay. so okay. you graduate yeah you know to go to high school so as soon as i graduated eighth grade literally the next day we were out it was like a natural transition point we were on a greyhound bus yeah, yeah. with burger king <laughs> <laughs> that's where the book starts when Gone. you write it. So that's yeah. the opening line to your book when you write your book. Yeah, I was on day. a Greyhound book, Greyhound book, Greyhound bus with Burger King. Yeah, so yeah, um, good times. Well, good call, mom, for sure. Right? Warm, yeah, warmer if nothing else. Well, yeah, warmer, um, less trouble, lot slower. Also, shout out to sister for scoring a full ride, and, and she's the one that made it happen, right? Yeah. What's your sister's name? LaShonda. LaShonda. We call her Sean. Right. Yeah, she ain't got much common sense. I'm just playing. No, she, <laughs> she's, she's hella book smart. She's a nurse. She's, I love she's the book smart thing. We all know exactly what that means. Yeah, it's like yeah. very smart. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So, but, uh, you know, yeah, I got you. I got you. Yeah. I like it. Um, what'd you do down there? Uh, in North Carolina, mm-hmm. just wrestled. Yeah. <laughs> Went to high school, wrestled. Um, pretty, and you pretty good wrestler back in the day? I was I was all right. I did a little bit. Did a little bit. <laughs> Don't give me that. No, T- tell, I was, me, tell me the tale. I mean, I'm a much better now, but yeah, sure. I, I was pretty good. Yeah. I was pretty good. Yeah, my coach, uh, Coach Crosby, um, he was pretty much like my dad, but he was only. Let's see. When I was 13, he was maybe 22, something like that. So he had literally just graduated. Um, big college down there in Greensboro is North Carolina A and T University. Mm-hmm. So. Um, not the HBCU, one of the like bigger HBCUs. Yeah, so yeah. that's where he went, and usually that's where everybody <laughs> from <Sure. laughs> from high school go because sure. it's a really good school, you know. Yeah, so yeah, um, but yeah, he that's got a me different right. coaching dynamic when when you got a coach that's actually reasonably close to you. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he went to Dudley. He went to the same school I went to, you mm-hmm. know. So he came back, so he knew what time it was. Sure, so, sure. Yeah, you know. Um, now I've had much much hadn't changed from since he was there yeah, yeah. so he knew everything we were dealing with and you know growing up as teenagers right, and, right. you know young men yeah. he we just went through the same thing you state champ wrestler or anything like that back in the day nope uh so my senior year was my best year uh regional qualifier that's pretty good man yeah, you got me yeah, beat i never yeah. even showed up for wrestling <laughs> <laughs> despite all the peer pressure i was like no nah, i'm gonna go throw a shot put in the spring it's much easier yeah literally I uh, started wrestling in ninth grade, and I was walking past Coach Crosby's table, and um, <laughs> he was at, he's called me a punk, said I was too scared to wrestle. That's mm-hmm. the only reason I ever went. So it turned out to be the best decision ever. Well, and that was planned. Yeah. He knew what he was yeah, doing. Yeah, he, yeah, he, he spotted me <laughs> from a mile away. You do that same thing away. now to people, yeah. He spotted me from mm-hmm. a mile away. Right, so, right, right. yeah, it was pretty good. You wrestled in high, uh, high school. Were you yeah. wrestling in college then, I take it? Uh, yep, for a semester, wrestled in college. Um. Yeah. So, and that's when I realized there was a lot of Coach Crosby because <laughs> it just wasn't the same. Sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. At that point, it just wasn't the same. So, that's when I um, joined Army and uh, it was time to, like, I knew it was time to get out of North Carolina at that point, see something different. 
So not the so. same thing as the Chicago thing, but just like to see a little bit of the world, move on a little bit. Yeah, I didn't want to be doing what everybody else was doing. And everybody else was in college in North Carolina, yeah. <laughs> from North Carolina. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like, yeah, let me go go elsewhere. Sure. Tell me so. about the Army. <sighs> you can do the long version, the short version. We got all day. We got yeah, yeah. half an hour, whatever you want it to be. So. Well, end up being, looking back on it, um, so my brother had joined, and my mom always told us, when you're 18, you got to get out. <laughs> So we knew that either college or something, you had to be doing something. So my brother joined, and then his recruiter called me. I was like, yeah, yeah, you know, see what's up. I didn't give him much thought. Those kind of been pretty much my uh, best life decisions, just kind of going on gut. I just had a good feeling about it. Something rolls in front of you, and you go, you know what, I'm going to go with that. Yeah. Yeah. So I went with it, and... um. End up joining and yeah, it ended up being the best thing ever. Um Why? had no clue of like what it entailed or I mean you you know, watch movies uh-huh. growing up and all that, but stripes. Yeah. yeah. Stripes platoon. Uh <laughs> I go right I go right for the goofy ones. Stripes, yeah. So every time uh you know, used to watch that's when I knew it was time to go to bed. I never watched MASH. Yeah, like, yeah. I just knew it the, came on. The song? Yeah, as soon as Same. that song come on, I'm like, all right, Same here, yeah. TV off, let's That's go. Because right. <laughs> right. whatever sitcom, comedy, whether it was Martin or Fresh Prince, something was just ending. Yeah. So it was time to go to bed. And you start to point. associate that. You, yeah. Like, hearing that song make you sleepy probably yeah, even still 100%, today. Yeah, 100%. 100%. <laughs> so, so, yeah, you know, I got in and um, I went to basic training at Fort Jackson, South Carolina in the summer. It was hot. Oh. Is hell um and just the bugs were just like out of control so yeah it was it was different it was so humid and yeah yeah it was nine weeks it was uh nine weeks we had a red blue and a white red and blue phase so i don't know what um, that means basically Mm -hmm. like the severity of the difficulty you know white phase and then you know it got a little easier in red and got a little easier in blue because basically you um you know you had certain criteria and requirements to get for each phase and as you learn certain skills things got easier sure drill sergeants got a little a little more lax but they were still drill yeah. sergeants because it weeded out some people at that point oh so it weeded out people to... way before <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so in like um in processing basically you're in this in processing state for like a, maybe three to seven days before you start, depending on when you get there. Mm-hmm. Basically, you're with who are going to be future members of your, of your platoon, your company, you know, and they're just getting your uniforms right, make sure all your paperwork's straight, you know, um, make sure you got all your gear and all that stuff. That's, uh, you know, it takes a couple of days to do that. So while they're doing that, you got to remember – Army still eight to five, so you know those active duty people that are stationed there, they're doing that job from eight to five. So it took a couple of days, but sure, anyway, sure. some people went crazy before then, and um, they were in holding, <laughs> and you knew that those barracks, you didn't want anything to do with that. I'm pretty sure ninety percent of those people had like mental issues. Sure, sure, yeah. So yeah, it was kind of like the um, the not even not cool table. It was just like 
you don't want to be stuck there. Yeah, it's a question mark. So, yeah, yeah. It's just like, all right, what the hell I got to do to get out of in process? And you didn't right. want to miss any meeting. You didn't want to, like, because if, you know, if you lost something or any, it could it could set you back, then you right. got to, yeah. He's like, nah. Well, and it's to that, uh, I think we all have that, like, machismo bravado view of, like, basic training being this weeding out of the week. But it's yeah. also just weeding out of future potential problems, I would yeah, assume. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Like, question marks. Yeah, you know? yeah. So, yeah. yeah, we didn't have any... I'm imagining some people, I mean, obviously sometimes they get people with like behavioral issues and all that, you know, mm. anger problems mm. and whatnot, but we really didn't have that for the most part, even from, from the jump, from the end process and part on, like you kind of band together early because right. you, you see what it is, you know? Yeah. So everybody find a little click, a little group, and then eventually even those clicks and groups come together with others you know mm-hmm. throughout the process plus with so. tight enough reins i mean it's tough to become an outlier when yeah you can't get over the fence anyway yeah so speak, you're gonna right? need help at some point mm-hmm. <laughs> so everybody trying to help everybody for the most part so did you go anywhere with the with the army uh I mean, 12 years you had to see yeah we went of, overseas yeah. um so deployed twice those <laughs> were at the time you know you you see it on TV, then you actually go do it, and it's like, hmm, interesting. But I, I'll say my deployments made me look at life a lot different. Um, Let me have you back up a second. Why did you say, hmm, interesting, when comparing what you thought it was from TV compared to what you experienced? It's kind of just like the same thing people say. They put themselves in other situations, you know, like if, if somebody was trying to rob you, some you know, you you know someone who got robbed and you say, well, if somebody tried to rob me, I'd do blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and yep. yeah, that sounds good. But mm-hmm. until you're in that situation, right. you don't know what the hell you're going to yeah. do. You don't know how, what type of... Um, Thinking is going like yeah. you know, how your mental is going to be. You don't know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We, you know, it was a, um, we had a guy who got in a small arms. We're in a small arms attack. He thought he was um, firing. Never took his gun off safety. And, and that so his account after the fact was yeah I pulled my gun. Yeah, and you I know was you do a, you do an ammo check after. Yep. He's still fully loaded. Uh-huh. <laughs> he swore up and down. Yeah. And I yeah. believe him. Oh, yeah. He I believed it. It was yeah, real, right? Exactly. Huh. But that's just, huh. yeah, it's different. It's it's different. That's how I'd be if I got in a fight in the street. Well, yeah. You I'd just, be here. I'd tell Paul, I'm like, man, yeah, man, I was throwing elbows. <laughs> and then Super America would send over the, <laughs> the, the actual footage. The, the footage of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Can, I can relate to that. It's, it's, it's a lot different. But mm-hmm. it. It made me, um, not that I never didn't appreciate life, but it made me appreciate life, in a, well, I guess, yeah. in another way. Yeah. So, yeah. Where were we over there? Or where so, were you? Um, start there. So, 2006, well, 2006, 2007, we were in, um, so we actually started in Qatar, Southwest Asia, and then um, 2008, we got back, but 2009, 2010 was in Afghanistan. And then while in Qatar, we did some ready missions for in Iraq and whatnot. So 2000, Afghanistan was actually a lot worse because of the weather. Super cold. Um, super, super cold in those mountains at night. Mm-hmm. So it was like the day would be like, you know, 50. And then by night, it's like 
negative 14 like what it is out now Gross. outside right now Gross. so yeah so and and it part, was a, party has got to be like i'm in afghanistan man like there's deserts over here and over, you know. <laughs> it was ridiculous <laughs> not how it's the terrain yeah you know i'm just in my head i'm thinking nothing is worth fighting for in this terrain can we just go talk somewhere some <laughs> just like this is not no yeah. this, this I got can't a deck be of cards it. and some whiskey can yeah. we talk this out yeah so it but it just it kind of like goes to show you that it, uh, i guess our first world problems quote unquote you know mm-hmm. like that that was normal for them you know like yeah. it wasn't no thing that's why nobody can mess with them either. Like yeah. historical battles, like they fought off Russians and stuff. Exactly. Nobody wants yeah. to mess with that. Yeah, no, yeah. yeah, it's not. No, it's um, it's definitely a uh, home field advantage, <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> so, it, for so sure. yeah, for a reason. Yeah, but um, overall, the army, I, I had no idea what I was getting into, but now looking back, had it not been for the army, I wouldn't be here. Like in this room with you right now i never would have came to minnesota never would have got on the fire department so what's never would have started jujitsu what's the connection to minnesota is there a direct one or are you just talking about um just path? proximity basically when well, my last duty station was fort mccoy wisconsin okay so i would never would have sure. um i met a bunch of people from minnesota i met my my uh daughter's mom mm-hmm. who's, who's from here yeah. and my daughter is the reason i stayed yeah but yeah that wouldn't that wouldn't happen. Sure, sure. So, yeah. You started jujitsu after the army. So um, your, your first after deployment. So okay. we had to do what they call combatives. Yeah. So, mind you, by that time, when I hadn't wrestled in thirty-four years at that time, and so you got to do a bunch of pre-deployment training. You know, everything from you know classes to, you know, like I'm talking about like learning Arabic to. Mm-hmm doing combatives mm-hmm. so we do combatives and get to choke a couple people mm-hmm. you know <laughs> mm-hmm. and um so the combatives one two and three and then i was like yeah this is, this is kind of fun so when i got back i got to um fort mccoy and um it was a gym in winona minnesota that they were having like uh some open basically like an open house like they had like hot dogs and yeah. some other foods and whatnot after like you come try some training yeah. and um it's a guy who owns uh iron works out in lacrosse now mm-hmm. nick ammerman okay he was getting ready for a fight um so a fight fight not, uh, yeah, not, yeah amateur fight not pj wrestling. no no not no actual, not PJ okay. actual amateur fight it was at the uh lacrosse center in uh-huh. lacrosse wisconsin and um he was getting ready for a fight and I didn't know anything about anything. I never, I wrestled. I didn't box or do any of that. But um, I, I got to train with him and was doing all right. And, you know, I mean, he, he was definitely getting the better of me, but he wasn't, like, beating my ass. So I, I kept coming back because it was mm-hmm. fun. I was like, yeah, yeah this, is, this is competitive. This is, I like this. And uh, to backtrack just a little bit, yep. I did, uh... Before I started training there, I had uh, knee surgery from my deployment. So basically, I was still able, once I came back from the knee surgery, I was still able to do Army physical training. But my body wasn't, you know, Army physical training is two miles. At that time, we ran two miles, did 
I think at, for my age, I had to do 57 push-ups in two minutes and 63 sit-ups in two minutes. I mean, mm-hmm. that's not really hard at yeah. all. And I had to run two miles in like 17 minutes. Sure. So it, it was still pretty easy, but I wanted something different. So that's why I went and tried out that MMA class. And um, yeah, it reminded me a lot of wrestling. So I kept going back. So then I went to Nick's fight and lo and behold, he just beat the piss out of this dude. And I was like, <laughs> wait, he ain't with my ass like that. Hold on now. I, I could do this. <laughs> I'm gonna have to give this a try. And like think like eight months later that April, he fought in November. Then in April I had my first amateur fight. And then I was like, Yeah. Let's get like this. Six months. Yeah. Six months from trying it to getting in the ring and fighting? Yeah, yeah. It was just a matter of mm. like I mm. I don't know why, but like boxing came like really naturally to me and I'd already you know, had wrestling experience, so yeah, it was it just kind of yeah. fell all in. Right? Yeah, yeah, kind of fell in. So, just yeah. that, there's that same thing you said earlier, just taking advantage of the opportunities that roll in front yeah, of you. Yeah, just yeah, going with to it. use that yeah. gut feeling. Yeah. So, how many fights you had since? Uh, so I had ended up having nine amateur fights. I've had thirteen professional MMA fights and six professional boxing fights. So, yep. Yikes. Yeah. You done any jujitsu competitions? So, oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. That's t- <laughs> they don't really track the record. It doesn't seem like it's like yeah. a cultural thing where you just kind of go compete sometimes. So I'm all right at jujitsu. I'll say that I got a I got a couple medals here and there. Um, so I start competing first as a purple belt. Actually, the first tournament I went to was Chicago, the Chicago Open, mm-hmm. and I I end up winning that. Um, and then, since then, yeah, basically I've been competing as much as I could um, because it was just like a big wrestling tournament again. Yeah. So, yeah. Is that you're safer on your back? I don't <laughs> go on my back, though. Oh, you don't? Okay. <laughs> so now we're jumping into it. Let's, let's talk jiu-jitsu game. What's your jiu-jitsu game? Well, <laughs> most people <laughs> accuse me of being uh, top-heavy. <laughs> no, I like, obviously... I love a takedown. People will accuse you of being things they can't handle, right? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. You know sometimes, I mean? yeah. You know, I I like when people say, "Hey, you got good pressure," or you know, they might ask like, hey, "How are you keeping that pressure?" Versus mm-hmm. somebody like complaining about me being heavy, right? And like, I'm just it's just jujitsu. Well, you yeah. Know, you just, yes. You, whatever. If you find something you're good at, yes. I advise you get even better at it. <laughs> you know. That's it. Pick that mic up and drop it on the floor, right that, there. That's it. Um, so. What seems it's that seems like, and again, I'm new to all of it, but that seems extra complimentary, being as you're not like the biggest dude in yeah. the room, more than likely. The fact that you're a top game kind of player and you got good pressure and and you you're doing big guy stuff, yeah, without being a big guy, yeah. I think those people seem extra terrifying to me. For me, yeah, like I, I still get to use my athleticism and speed mm-hmm, while still mm-hmm. being heavy if I need to. Like that's a big, big bonus for me. Sure. Um. So yeah, once um, I don't know. I guess it was because of wrestling that I never like when I started jujitsu. For uh, first time actually, I put on a gi, uh, up in Rochester. Mario Robert Roberto, I think his name is. He, that sounds he, right. Yeah, he does the he has a uh jiu-jitsu gym out there. He popped my damn rib 
with a triangle. It's like, why, why, why? But anyway, yeah. <laughs> why now? Why here? Yeah. What's so I was getting ready for a fight, but oh, it, it like hurt to laugh. But it, it was yeah. good after like a week. But that was like my first experience in a gi. And I was like, man, fuck this. So you you had done a lot of no gi. <laughs> yeah, just because you kind of came through the MMA. Yeah, it was just no gi okay. and wrestling, basically yeah. like catch yeah. wrestling, sure. you know, stuff like that. So, but um, so I first started training jujitsu with uh, Tom Schmitz. Um, I was coming up from Anona to come to Spartan training mm-hmm. there and um we would, you know, start on our knees and I wasn't about to roll on my back, so it's like how can I get this motherfucker on his? <laughs> so that was like my first instinct and I had I've always had good hips as you know, and then obviously wrestling gave me better hips. Right, right. And uh I'll never forget uh <laughs> that the first time I rolled at Tom's gym, I was rolling with um Brandon Buckholz, and he must have tried about twenty five times to put me in a triangle. Literally, like I like, I was like, I know this dude got to be tired because I just kept blocking it and blocking it yep. and block. But it was like I didn't know enough to. All I knew was to block it. I didn't yeah. know enough to, to not have there. to block it. Yeah, like yeah. you know, to be in good position, like have good posture. You know, I just knew I could block it, so mm-hmm. I just kept doing it. And I was like, I know this dude got to be tired by now. Yeah. You know, but Tom knew I was a good wrestler, so it was like a test for me. Like, sure. he, you know, he I, he was just trying to show me, like, you know, it's it's levels and, and kind of put things you got to put learn. in perspective where some of those lines are. Like, yep. you got this and you got this. But yeah. What about this over here? Yeah. Sort of you know, yeah. like you can't you can be aggressive and forward, but you can't be too much. You know, you can't uh, do it at the risk of getting your ass admitted you know yeah. so yeah you so yeah come in the ring chucking haymakers but you're the one getting tired because you ain't yeah, exactly. shit. so come up exactly. with something else exactly yeah. so so yeah even from then i was like all right well top is where the hell i'm supposed to be <laughs> apparently <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you know and it's been that way since and um yeah you know you start the match on your feet so that's like that's an automatic two points for me basically you know like mm-hmm. I, it, okay how am I gonna get this person down or now I'm to the point where like even if I don't get a takedown I'm trying to pass it's, it, it, while it, it, they're pulling guard or whatever or right it's like a predictable start to yeah. how you're going to do it, and it's just the way you're going to do it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then, you know, obviously you go to the tournaments, and, you know, you have one match, and somebody see, <laughs> sees you take down somebody, they're like, all right, yeah, I'm not about to pull guard yeah. ASAP. Yeah. So it's kind of like but something. scooting time. Exactly, yeah. 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 So it's like something I had to, like, all right, you know, if my first match, yeah, I could probably get a takedown. But after that, sure. like somebody's going to be yeah. pulling guard, so I got to pass. A, is that a thing in jiu-jitsu where – Pretty much first round establishes who the hell is going to come at me with some wrestling bullshit and who else is going to agree to 100%, hit the butt. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. Because wrestling is cool and all until you that other person don't know wrestling. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's like this unspoken thing in jiu-jitsu. Like, you know, it, it, wrestling is cool if it's equal levels. Sure. But if <laughs> the yeah. one person has like, right. you know, uh, collegiate level wrestling and yep. other person has like eighth grade level wrestling it's not cool at that yeah. point you yeah. know i'm gonna get so. slammed into the table the scoring table here. yeah 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 so then then at that point you just you either you're too athletic you're too strong <laughs> blah 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 so it's like yeah. yeah whatever but that's the game when's your last uh jiu-jitsu match jiu-jitsu tournament uh, we, i did the um what was it the fulton brewery oh yeah so yeah yeah, that was 
2019. Yep. We were planning on doing mm-hmm. Atlanta, and then the pandemic hit. So then it's been a wrap then. So, right. yeah, haven't been since then. How'd the Fulton go? It went really well. Um, I was still brown belt at that time. Was it you and Ethan? Nah, it was me and some. Or was that e- Ethan was before year. that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was a fight a, to win. The poster. Yeah, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. There we go. For me and Ethan, that fight to win. But the Fulton, it was some cat from Canada. I can't remember his hmm. name. I just remember he had a weird picture on that poster. Um, it was like meant to be funny. That's why I got Polly here. Pull that up, Polly. <laughs> oh, it was like I, 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 I guess think it, I even I think he was joking. This. Oh but, yeah, you know, but yeah, it was. It was. I'm just, pretty sure I would do a joke photo when yeah, I was yeah. those two. Yeah, you know. So it was all I'm love. Much a clown. So, so yeah, we did it at the at the at the Fulton Brewery, and because um, actually it was Ethan's fault that bastard. No, Ethan got a really good, um, obviously really good bottom game, and he won um, the fight to win match um he didn't sweep me but he almost did like three times you know and it was just a matter of uh, i remember ishmael saying it after you know you just gotta pass just pass yeah i was like well damn it what you think i was trying to do you know but in simpler terms he was putting it down like he was he was just telling me like simply like yeah "Yeah, pass so do what you gotta do to pass keep going yeah get it so so oh, we worked yeah. on that a Le- lot. Lee, probably Gaudet. Yeah, yeah, like that. yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, I'm sure Canadian. that's a French Canadian yep, thing. Yep, yep. Oh, yeah, I love this photo. <laughs> that's exactly what mine would be like. Disheveled beard and everything. Yeah. Next to the dude with like the abs and the tats. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's that's exactly how you do a promo poster, in my opinion. Yeah. So that, so we literally, all I worked with uh, Mauricio, Professor Mauricio, at the, was passing. Like, that's all we did. Mm-hmm. And I think it was because... I don't think I know it was because when I started jujitsu again, we started on our knees. So I, and I've always been athletic and strong, so I was comfortable on my knees. But then Mauricio told me, get get off your knees. Like nothing good is gonna happen. Like if you get up, then a lot of good can happen. Sure. So you can you do just yeah yeah. It's like you could be strong, athletic, and fast. Just do it off your damn knees, and it'd be even better. So like you know <laughs> some things that you've been like, why the hell would that did yeah. it take? Eight years for me to start doing right. this, you know, and it clicked, and yeah, so it worked well, but out that, really that's well. That's kind of a universal thing. Once you've learned a lesson, you can phrase it in one sentence and make yourself feel like a dumbass. Yeah, like, absolutely. I should just pass them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Thanks, yeah, coach. yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so we yeah that that match went really well. We did a lot of passing, and yeah, it worked out. So Good to tell me about like your your favorite jujitsu match. You got you got like a wild jujitsu story. Um, let's see. That's, that almost seems like again. I'm I'm like Mr. Satire, Mr. Jokes, Mr. Shit Talk. So that almost seems like counterintuitive. A wild <laughs> jujitsu story, especially you get to the higher levels. Like black belt matches are so boring most of the time. You yeah, know? yeah. They're awesome, but like boring at yeah, the same yeah, time. Yeah, super technical. It's like and watching like, yeah Veer football versus like West Coast offense yeah. football. Like yeah, one of those is entertaining. Like, no, yeah, exactly. One hundred percent. Anyway, like, I mean, you got a uh, you got a big one. Or a fun one, interesting uh, one. Hmm. I'll say probably my Chicago match. I was think, yeah, I was still purple belt at the time, but I had to go against this guy, and he was a, a judo champ. Oh. So he's a black belt judo. Oh. I didn't know any better. Oh. I just remember. Shout out to M3 Ryan Potterbottom. He told me a long time ago when I was blue belt. Um, 
that you're not down until you're down. So just because you hit the mat, mm-hmm. that don't mean they have points. Like right. you still got technically three seconds to get up. Yeah, and that's that whole game. That's the yeah. whole judo game right there. Exactly. Yeah. So he threw the shit out of me, <laughs> and I knew he was judo. But at the same time, like when I start my match, like I'm really chill. I'm like, all right, let's see what's cooking, you know, because I. I believe in like no ma- especially if we're on our feet, no matter what he throws at me, I'ma counter it and conquer it and defeat it. Right. You know. So when the he throw, did the throw is step one. Yeah. I'm coming in like that. Yeah. yeah. So he threw me and as it as like it was like slow motion, like I'm flying like, no, this <laughs> motherfucker didn't just like toss me like this. But at the same time I'm thinking like, okay. I'm going down, but I'm definitely about to come back up into a double leg. And sure enough, I did. Nice. And that's pretty much, that was the whole match. Like, until he just got tired. After, like, I say, like, four minutes, he was dead tired because he was doing a lot of throwing. And it was almost, almost, and then, bam, I come back up to tip it over and get two points. So So it was... Throw, take down, throw, take yeah. down, throw. Yeah, he just kept down. throwing me into takedowns. We need to get a video of this. Is there a video of this <laughs> There is somewhere? video of Oh, this, is actually. it? Oh. Yeah, we, we got video We're going to have to check that yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. So it, it was pretty fun, but he threw me on my face one time, like, really disrespectful. But, I mean, he was he obviously just how I landed. Well, yeah, you know? yeah. But, yeah, he wasn't. It, it like, felt like this. Yeah, it was, it was super disrespectful because <laughs> I slapped the shit out of that man. I was like, damn. Like, I got back up, you know, because I end up, we end up, like, finishing out of bounds where i had his legs and i was coming up but it was out of bounds at that point right so that was probably my most i guess my funnest match just because it was it was what was like too even and like specific skill sets yeah banging against one another yeah because if it had been judo versus judo even if let's say i was black belt level judo like it would have been more of a a chess match or yeah. more even, but right. even though he had the upper hand with judo, just the style of the scoring and how it works, like at that point it didn't matter. It was just a matter of a scramble after we both hit the right. floor. Because, right. you know, if you're going to have to throw me, then you, you're going to put your body in position for me to be able to scramble afterwards. And yeah. that was the advantage me. So that was fun. Yeah, because even if he can hold you, that's the end of the judo match. In yeah. wrestling, you just started. Yeah, exactly. That's, yeah, we, we hit the mat. Now we're on. Yeah, you know, one hundred percent. Like, yeah, that Ju- and, high level judo is like poetry. Oh, like you watch. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll spend an hour and a half just yeah. letting the stream work. Yeah, it's work a rabbit hole. Yeah, <laughs> and they might be the people who scare me more than wrestlers. Yeah, yeah. No, I because like a wrestler is gonna slam you. You know, you're gonna yeah. connect to earth. Yeah. But I'm not gonna fly yeah, quite as yeah, much yeah. to get there, you yeah, know. You like, know, you're gonna have time to think about it as right. you're falling yeah. down, <laughs> and your body is at the the whim of them, basically. Yeah. You I'm know, above him exactly. Now. Oh, yep. Ow. Yeah, it's gonna be kind of hard to break fall at that yeah. point, you know. I'd rather you, yeah, just grab a hold of my ankle and yeah, force yeah, me you to know, fall. yeah, give you a little, nice little ankle pit, you sit on your yeah. butt, you know, put some pressure on you and drive forward a little bit. That's that's much easier. That's pretty cool though. That like I said, what's your one of your more interesting jujitsu match experiences? And it was like old school UFC UFC style. Like, well, it was a wrestler and a judo guy, and we did a little jujitsu in there. But yeah, that's cool. And, and that's why. I, I like about jujitsu the most is because 
no matter where you start, you know, say you're not a wrestler, but you, so you got very good uh, leverage with your with your legs, you know, so you got a very good guard, you know. Mm-hmm. Eventually, you can get to a point where you got to add something on to that, right. you know. So, okay, you, you got a good guard, but now you might have to develop a, a good takedown or you might have to develop a, a good pass or a good sweep to get into that your position you know and that's i think that's what i like the most about it is because that's what i try to explain to people just because i'm a good wrestler that don't that doesn't mean anything like when i i took ethan down and shit what the hell else that's <laughs> yeah, it now the, what? The, yeah exactly you know and then he got to his game right so that and that's the beauty of it like just because you have an advantage in um one field or category doesn't mean it that's the say all you know right, that's right. That again like you said that's just the beginning of yeah. it okay now let's see what we're brewing with you yeah. know and then, all, yeah. all somebody's got to do is move around that piece of your yeah. game and that's the end of it yeah so th- and fu- then as you go on you can that's why you can recognize that and then start to build and yeah you know you get the swiss army knife and all that shit mm-hmm. yeah so that's one of the probably one of the better analogies for it yeah toolbox kind of 100 percent. i can't picture ethan on top no like i met m theory a lot no and, and i take photos and stuff i've yeah. got a lot of photos of him he's always yeah. down there looking up yeah ethan's takedown is awful <laughs> he's 100 percent aware of it for the record that's not what i meant ethan you know I'll i take like, your word you know, on it you know you my homie ethan <laughs> ethan know damn well <laughs> It's gotten better, but Lord knows when it first started. Ooh. I used to cause you train with Ethan and Kevin at um, at the cellar. The cellar yeah. yeah, so yeah, he did. It was ooh, yeah. You guys got a new space over there at the cellar gym. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We do a, a um, different space too. Different space. Yep. So it's, where is it? It's in uh, Roseville. So it's where the I never been when it was a women's lifetime. It was a women's only lifetime. Oh, okay, yeah. I think so I it's under the old Navy over there by that Lucky Thirteen pub and whatnot. So um, yeah, huge spot. Nice. Looks cool. Yeah, yeah, it's Looks really, really nice. Cool. Um, they're still finishing up a couple locker rooms, and mm-hmm. per city, they had to city regulations. They had to add a bathroom yep. because it was a mixed martial arts gym and not a gym. Yes. So yes. yeah, it's a bunch of like different mm. little codes and regulations yeah. they had to uh, adjust to because they were right. a martial arts gym. So they're finishing that. Oh, up there's now. some deep weeds there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um, you and I have a, a mutual friend. Because you teach some kids' classes over there. Yep, right? yep. So you know my guy, Miles Dale. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> give, give a shout-out to Miles Dale. What's good, Miles? How you living, man? How you living? <laughs> his, his dad and uncle have done some powerlifting. As you, okay. As you can picture Nate, his dad. That mm. makes some sense. He's okay. a big old boy. Yeah, right? yeah, his, yeah, yeah. His brother, uh, Matt, is even bigger. Yeah. And they just look like defensive ends, you know. <laughs> they were just born defensive ends, right? And they've done some powerlifting, so that's how I know those guys. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, I've been. Uh, so I started teaching whew, on a whim, actually, uh, about three years ago. Now I don't even know. I got. I got to look that up. Let me look at my Facebook memory and see what they talking about. <laughs> sure, yeah. Those are valuable. <laughs> exactly. I, I look at them more often than I want to. Yeah. But it, every now and then, I'm like, oh yeah. That yeah, was three yeah, years yeah, ago, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, sometimes I cringe, but sometimes it's good uh-huh. date regulation. So, <laughs> yeah, I think I know it's been at least three years. Um, so yeah, I started teaching the kids program. Um, I've always been good with kids. Um, back to that Chicago growing up, <laughs> we were basically raising our cousins, you know, because our mom and aunts they were 
that work. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm only five, six now. I was like <laughs> two feet then, but, you know, raising babies. But, you know, um, when I, I've always been good with kids. Mm-hmm. So it's just something natural for me. Yeah, that's good. So when Chris asked me, I was like, you know, well, and that's a good thing about back to the firefighting piece, uh, our schedule. So we work 24 hours. So basically it's three shifts. You got an A, B, and C shift. So mm-hmm. the A and B shift, they alternate. So basically it's a 24 hours on, 24 hours off, yep. 24 hours on, 72 hours off. And then the C shift, they do 48 hours on, 96 hours off. But anyway, you're able to per- trade. Made, made I know it made perfect sense. sense. Yep. I, know I got, you got it. it. <laughs> got it. So basically it ended up working like 10 days a month. That's that's how I go, and it, you, sure. you, so you know your schedule for the whole year. Oh yeah, yeah. Because yeah. of how it works, like right, you know right. what day you're gonna fall on. So we're able to uh, trade days. So let's say you needed to do a podcast on a Saturday, and mm-hmm. you couldn't do it any other day. You could trade a day with me and be like, "Hey Ken, you work this Saturday for me, and I'll work a day for you." Right. So I was able to um, get my schedule where basically I t- trade any Tuesday or Thursday I work. And um, that way I'm free to teach the kids, kids class. class yeah. So I never gave it thought. But then when Chris asked me, I was like, oh, you see what's up? And it worked out. And it's been working out. It's so fun, though, right? It is a lot of fun. The yeah. kids are like, if you ever need to be <laughs> reminded of uh, why this is a good place, why Earth is a good place, why the world is a good place, sure. or just, you know, smile, I always say, like, the kids, they'll bring it out of you, yeah. you know? So. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's For a lot sure. of fun. You guys do a dodgeball thing like Ishmael does. We, yeah, I want. Yeah, one. That, that's what makes it fun, right? Yeah, a lot of yeah, yeah, <laughs> beaming the hell out yeah. of them a little. Bit. <laughs> so my son Quentin does it, and he's been there pretty much from the jump with me. But this I is always, the assistant to the regional manager. No, that Micah. That's, that's Micah. Okay. Yeah. Right. Well, let's get all three now. What's the other kid? You got three, right? So, Addie Addison. Mm-hmm. She's okay. my oldest. She's yep. thirteen. And yeah, good lord. <laughs> Don't let me start. But that's that's my baby. That's my baby. Sure. Yeah. Um and then Quentin's five. Yeah. And Micah is actually eighteen months today. So Today? Today. Oh, yeah. February seventh. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So speaking of Facebook memories, I was just looking at a six month picture. Uh-huh. Uh you know, last this time last year. Right, so right, right. Yeah, the boy's right. going. So but but yeah, uh Quentin's there. So I always tell the parents when they come, I tell them, Look, you know, I love jujitsu, it's great, but at the end of the day, my job is to get these little little ninjas <laughs> to listen. Yeah. All right. And I go about that a very certain way. You mm. know, a little little military background mm. with that. You know, I'm I'm just and my mom, how she raised us, you know, won't play no games. You know, if I'm talking, you not. If I'm talking, you looking at me, you know, don't interrupt me. If I if you have something to say or if I call your name, don't say what. Say yes. You know, just respect you know and um i always let them know jujitsu is very important but them being a good person having manners being respectful that's first you know fall i know they might suck at jujitsu but who cares they're kids they're not supposed to be great at it they're good at it this is a blip in their timeline too exactly like we're here to have fun like i'm not here to make sure they you know do the correct double every time if they want to spear them and tackle them all right so be it if they want to spend a little bit more time on it all right great we can do that too but as long as they help their partner up exactly that's it you know and yeah um as long as they have a good attitude and they're having Mm -hmm. fun we we can we can get it cracking so yeah that that's probably 
the best part for of it for me is because I know most of these kids never grew up. They're not growing up the way I grew up. We had my one kid, Tommy. Tommy's 13 now, 13 or 14. But anyway, Tommy's talking to me and he says, no cap. So that means basically uh, no BS. I'm not playing like not nah, all seriousness. You know, that's what the kids say. No cap. So I'm going to say it now. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to be that guy. <laughs> hey, grandpa over here yeah, using the lingo. No, like, yo, my double leg, hey, no cap. My double leg is serious. No cap. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, he's talking and he says, no cap. And I look at him. I said, Tommy, how many bedrooms you got in your house? He goes, five. I said, if you got more than three bedrooms, I don't want to hear you saying no cap. Uh-huh. You you don't know nothing about that. You don't need to know sure, nothing about that. Just sure. keep living your yeah, life, all right? Yeah. Get the hell out of here talking no cap. <laughs> Come on, man. Stop playing. But uh five <laughs> bedrooms in a house. Yeah, I said, look, you you yeah, you good, man. Just say you you can say the legit term. You don't yeah. have to, you're cool enough. You, yeah, got, yeah. you got your own bedroom partner. Right. That's all you need in life. Like you you're good, man. So so yeah, but my um I know they didn't grow up the way I grew up or even it's a big cultural difference. You know how my mom raised me is very different from how their mom is raising Mm -hmm, them. mm -hmm. So I think it's good for them to see a different um, parenting or leadership method, you know, and they see how I interact and talk to Quentin. I treat him the same way I treat them, you know? So I think that brings some like, stability along with like all authenticity because like i tell people all the time man these kids ain't stupid they they can peep game from a mile away and they gonna know if you bullshitting like that's the first thing they're gonna know so you can't try to be nothing other than who you are because the kids will be able to tell right away that it's not real you know so then if that ain't if it's not real then what the hell you think they're gonna listen to you for you know, so everything you do got to be pure, you know. So when I tell them to sit down, I'm going to smack them in the back of their head. They know I'm joking, but at the same time, they know I'm not playing like, hey, like, all right, come up on over here, you know. Mm-hmm. But that's how I talk to my kids. Like I tell Quentin, if you don't put that down, we're going gonna to be it's gonna be some trouble. You know, he know that's like last resort, but at the same time, you know, I'm not playing. So you better put that down. So you got to build that with them. Yeah. So that's fun, you know. I I think, and it's good for them, especially later on in life. It's not the first time they heard somebody tell them no, or they heard somebody, you know, correct them, or you know, somebody look them in their face and let them know what they're doing mm-hmm. that is not right, you know. So yeah, the phrase that, that came to my head as you were talking about it was hearing different tones of voice. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. You know. <laughs> That coach voice is, yeah. is maybe a little bit of dad voice too. Yeah, that's yeah, they yeah. they need that in their life. So I was I was running the weight room at a, a high school, like the after school weight room activities at a high school for a number of years, and yeah. there's a um, it's a private high school, you know, one mm-hmm. of them twenty thousand dollars a year mm-hmm. thing, <laughs> and I was an outsider because I was from that school over there that got their asses kicked in yeah. football every year by these guys, yeah. but it was a fun job, right, and. It's a cult thing. Private schools are kind of culty. Yeah, one hundred percent. So like all the, you, I got I got hired there. I I got asked when I would meet people what my name was and what year I graduated. 
and then nobody gives a shit what year you graduated unless they want to know who you graduated with uh-huh. in this very building. Like yeah. it's just assumed that I I went to school yeah, there. Yeah. Which, all right, cool, whatever. So most of the coaching staff and a lot of the teachers, the men teachers, is a boys' school, went there. And there's an old dog, like the head football coach. He'd be in the weight room just riding a bike, doing his little fitness thing, you know. Yeah. But then also just keeping an eye on his players and their in their after school workout programs and rec time and stuff. And I remember one time there was a couple different teams in there, a couple different coaches, again all of whom are alumni. And uh, two of the kids were jackassing around, running along the wall with the mirror with like weight plates in their hands and stuff. And you just hear this, not loud, but a certain tone of voice <laughs> of a guy who has kids and a guy who has coached for 35 years. Yeah. Just go, hey. <laughs> and I, I lean back on purpose. And everyone in that room, myself included, who never played football for him or nothing, just stopped. It's like the music, like somebody yep. bumped the turntables, you know? Yep. Yeah. And it was like. Uh huh. Yeah. That's a lesson in coaching that you know you you develop that literal tone of voice, but also like metaphorically the tone of 100%. voice. You know, as yeah. a, a leadership thing. Yeah, yeah. And I think, um, you know, just life situations and being in life situations, especially you know through the army, you work, you learn how to lead quick because you know sometimes you get stuck working for some. People who aren't the smartest ain't the brightest. So you got two options. Either you're going to. Not right now, of course. You don't have any of those right now. Oh, 100%. (laughs) (laughs) It was back in the Army. Well, I'll say uh, the fire department is paramilitary structure. Okay. (laughs) So, so, yeah, you still get that every now and again. But (laughs) it's it's definitely not as bad. Um, It's not as bad for the most part. Sure, sure. Because you can at least, for the majority of the fire department, you can pick who you're working with. So that makes a big difference. Mm-hmm. So you know what you're getting yourself into. Right. So. right. Minneapolis Fire Department? Yep. yep. How, how long have you been doing that? So next month it will be seven months. Seven months. Seven years. I was <laughs> like, oh, huh. I thought this was a thing. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. I'm sad, tripping. Yeah, seven years next month. Um, yeah, everybody tells you like when you first get on, oh, it flies by it flies by and you're like well, I don't know about that but it fucking flies by I think part of that is like the schedule like the nature of the schedule yeah the nature of the schedule and the nature of just what you do so you go on one call and it could be uh, like last night um, the, not last night last night I worked we get a call um, trouble breathing then so we're dispatched on a computer it shows like, you know, the notes. So basically what dispatch is finding out mm-hmm. as we're coming along. Get kind know. of a live yeah, feed yeah. update. That's cool. So then we get 70-year-old male, possible full arrest. Um, subject will be in the tub. Mm. So you already know it's about to be <laughs> fucked up. So I got all my gear on, you know, because you can, for a medical call, I can just go in my regular, you know, bad shirt and pants and you know work boots Mm -hmm. but if you do that you run the risk of you know touching some foul shit Mm -hmm. or having your clothes on some foul shit so you put on your gear you know your 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 pants and and jacket you know you you kind of it's a a layer 
between you, you know, and that's that's okay if that gets fucked up. You can put some cavicide on it and call it a day, but you know, it's just something about your regular clothes. You don't, you know, you wearing around in a station you don't really want exposed to certain yeah, calls. Yeah, you, know, you don't have to explain it. That's just nah, gross. Yeah. Yeah. So we get there, and um, sure enough, it's at the Continental, which is basically like a it's not a halfway house, but it's for people who are homeless or like transitioning to, to sure. find them some place. Yep. But anyway, 70-year-old male, he's done heroin. Mm. Um did some heroin and and coke. Two for one special. It's like the 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 varsity level 4 loco. You got 70. a stimulant and you got a, Upper you got and a, a <laughs> yeah, let's let's take both. I'm just like what the hell's going on? All right. So anyway, He's in the bathroom, like, and they got him on the ledge of the bathtub, like, arms out, and the cold shower's, like, hitting on his head. So, basically, they were trying to, like, save him first before they finally figured out, all right, we, this ain't going to work. And they had to give him Narcan. And they figured that that wasn't going to work because he ain't back up yet. So, let's call 911. Right. So, we already behind the eight ball a little bit. But mm-hmm. we get there. You know, you never want to work somebody in the bathroom. It's just not much space. So, we... Put, drag him Mind you butt ass naked We drag mm-hmm. him out yeah. um, Thankful I got my turnouts on At that point uh, We drag him <laughs> out um, He got a strong pulse So basically we started Breathing for him uh, Basically we put a um, Advanced airway In his In his uh, lungs mm-hmm. To uh, breathe for him With a BVM We're giving him oxygen and Then the medics get there They're giving him A couple different drugs To try to um, Stabilize him He does have a good rhythm For his heart we don't know how we basically like everything they're telling us is, he, he should be dead <laughs> like literally but um so it's a good thing but it's confusing yeah it's very time. confusing yeah. so you know we, we we get him uh get a line in him I, they gave him four narcan at that time still ain't come back so like all right we just, we just gotta get him out to the truck at this point so the continental is like a old it was built in like 1912 it's old as hell it's still there so anyway, we can't get the stair chair or the stretcher up, so we got to carry him out. I'm not about to have this dude's balls in my lap. <laughs> so we put, we threw some pants on him, you know, put some pants on him, buckle him up. All right, so I grab him, you know, I got him by the legs, you know, and then my buddy, uh, Nate, he has him basically like bear hugged under his uh, armpits, mm-hmm, you know, so we mm-hmm. carry him out. The elevator is literally smaller than the space that we're in right now. Yeah. So we're like crunched up, giving them breaths with the uh, BVM. The medic is giving them breaths. It's just like, you can't make this up, man. So it, it looked like something out of a movie. Yeah. But that still ain't even the worst call I've ever been on. Oh, so sure. anyway. <laughs> I, I didn't even want to get into that. <laughs> we, we, say again? No, no, but Nate, that's my guy. Yeah, he works on a, uh, the uh, B shift on at Atlanta Eleven. Yeah, Nate. Yeah, that's my guy. If you saw me give Polly eyes when he just said that, because <laughs> I can make make fun of Polly, because Polly always knows somebody, <laughs> no matter what the topic is or where the thing happened. He'd be like, "Oh yeah, I know yeah, that." Yeah. yeah, nah, Nate, good people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You used Nate's to work good with people, him. man. He's really good people. So, um, yeah, cheers. Um, we, all right, we get him down. Mm-hmm. And, you know, got him on a stretcher, put him in an ambulance, and just keep working him, getting, gave him some more in our county. Ended up getting six before he got to the hospital. So we take him to the stateroom and basically just debrief him everything we just did from. But during that time, when we, while we were coming down, our, our driver had to go back up to get our bags. 
And the guy tells him um, everything was okay. I mean, he, you know, yeah, he did the coke and heroin, and but they were good. You know, he was having, they were having sex, and he was like, wait, wait, what? So coke, heroin, OD during sex. So I only thing at that I was like, well, I mean, if he's going out. <laughs> It's the right damn way. Yeah. Yeah, so, your first I mean, thought is what in the hell, but then your second thought is, hey man, yeah, let's do you it. know, that's one thing. I you go on all these calls, so I've I've learned I don't I don't judge people. I don't know his backstory. I don't know their backstory. Yeah, yeah. You know. I'm just there to help <laughs> as best I can sure, do my sure. job. So that's what I'm there to do. But like I was saying, uh, speaking of why it goes by fast, because right after that call, you just you literally. We get another call, you know, an hour later, and it's something totally different. Like, we had an old lady with cerebral palsy, 67. She felt too weak to get up, so she, like, hit her alert button. But mm-hmm. she never had to do that. She she said she had never felt that weak before. She got cerebral palsy, and she can't hear. So I'm literally writing messages to her to ask, ask her questions. Right. And she's, you know, answering the questions, and then eventually I just... You know, because we got our N95 mask on. So I just mm-hmm. took my mask off and I'm talking very slow so yeah. she can like yep. read my lips. Yeah. And we having like this full on conversation and yeah. she's like, I gotta go to the bathroom. So we're literally helping this 67 yeah. year old lady go to the bathroom, help her unbutton her pants, get comfortable, yeah. <laughs> let her do her thing. She's like, okay, can you help me up? You know, and that's just like, that's the range of the two yeah. calls, you know. Yeah. And so by the time you're back at the station, having sort of processed the call you were just on before you get a chance yeah. to get bored again, yeah, it's you're on to the next yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, you know? And it's two totally different situations. Yeah. You got a seven-year-old right. <laughs> who's having the hell of the night of his life, and you got this, <laughs> you know, 67-year-old lady who's, you know, struggling and not, you know, she's, she already has cerebral palsy, but she's able to do everything by herself mm-hmm. for the most part, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. she was just having a tough night that night, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, well, I... Uh, two years back spent a, a summer pretty consistently doing my lift and my powerlifting stuff at Los Campeones on Blaisdell. Yeah. Which is right by one of the yep, stations station there. And one of the things I remember most of my time lifting at that gym is looking out the window at how fucking often the trucks took off and yeah. then came back. It was like every yeah. 10 minutes. Yeah. And I, I mean, I've, I've lived my whole life like in the suburbs yeah. where it's like a small volunteer fire, yeah. you know, they first responder yeah. to this and that occasionally. Yeah. And I just remember sitting there going, this is every few minutes yeah. like clockwork, man. They're just constantly yeah. going in and out. It's yeah. crazy. So I think a lot of people don't realize just how um, um, natural it is for people in the city mostly people of poverty to call 911 it's yeah. it's a learned way of living basically like that's your immediate access yeah. to to this service and that service yeah we you go over north the number one call we get is shortness of breath and it could be something from some severe to most of the time it's not really anything that severe for emergency treatment but they feel it like you know they're having an issue, so right. you, you carry know, it in the groceries and you're out of breath. Man, you need yeah. to hit the gym. That's what it is, right? Uh, yeah. Something like that. Yeah. yeah, and but a lot of that is like, like you said. Yeah. You know, what are they eating? Um, diabetes, um, other, all these issues that stem from poverty. So I tell people all the time, if you go to Chicago, where I grew up, and you try to find a diet soda in the store, good fucking luck. Sure. I never knew that until I was going to Indianapolis for 
a pro fight and I stopped in Chicago to get gas. And I'm in a, a neighborhood I've been in before. It ain't like the worst neighborhood, it ain't the best. Mm-hmm. But I'm looking for a Diet Mountain Dew because at that point in my life, I'm like 23, like I discovered Diet Mountain Dew. I'm like, I really <laughs> like these shits. Like I want to, you know, it come without all the sugar. So it's a rush it. without yeah. the sugar crash. Yeah. So I'm looking for this Diet Mountain Dew and I'm like, there's not a fucking Diet Mountain there's not a fucking diet anything in here. Yeah. And that's when it first hit me. And then when I was doing another EMS training, we were talking about, you know, diabetics and being hypo or hyperglycemic. Basically, like, you just off your rocker at that point. Like, you might be acting what some people say is crazy or you just, like, out of it. Or yeah. So we used to have these people in the neighborhood we call, you know, Crazy Rhonda or crazy as Larry mm-hmm. wasn't crazy they yeah. were just diabetics who were not diagnosed yeah you know like that shit that's a real thing yeah. they're not yeah. managing it or yeah. they might even not know though that they have it they don't yeah. even know yeah. they need to check their sugar levels yeah. they don't even know that because everybody know? can relate to that like that rando low blood sugar yeah. thing where you're just done with this shit you well, damn kids and that yeah you know? 100% so and if that becomes more of your normal day to yeah. day yeah yeah so and that's when it hit me just like that so it, you know, same thing with the city. If you on Fiftieth and Upton Avenue South, you ain't getting no calls. You know, it's a well mm-hmm. influenced, mm-hmm. affluential, like the median house price is four thirty. Yeah, you know, yeah. nobody's calling. I don't want unless somebody's dead. Yeah, you know, so you don't have many calls out there at Station Twenty Eight, but you change that to Twenty Eighth and Upton Avenue North right. over there, Engine Fourteen, right. and running. You know. Yeah. And it's I tell people, you know, ask how busy you are. And I'm like, well, it really depends on the poverty level. Like that, that's going to sure. determine just how busy you are. That's why, you know, like suburban departments aren't doing yeah. that much. It's just, you know, it's They're just volunteers because yeah. really the level of action ain't there, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it, it's not, it's not a necessity. How long have you been a boss man over there? Are you a boss man? You're a shift yeah, lead so or what are you? What captain. Are you? So yeah. basically you're in charge of your crew. So yeah, on my shift that I'm in Engine One downtown Minneapolis, so right off Third and Portland. Um, yeah, I'm in charge of my crew. So you basically you you in charge of two or three per people per per day. Sure. So I got promoted. So it really is like the regional manager. Kind yeah. Of within straight the, up. Within yeah. One hundred percent. I just love that you guys have a picture with where you're wearing those shirts. Oh yeah, <laughs> Office man. Shout out to the Office, the greatest show ever, man. Mm-hmm. I, I would have never discovered that had it not been for the fire department. You know, see oh, these really? things. These things lead into like, each like other. Like that's just something they watch there. Or whatever. So, my boy, um, who was it that put it on? Put me on. I want to say. I've been seeing it for a while, but um, one of the guys, he actually not even there anymore. I can't even remember his name. He retired since then. He was at Station 27, which is a slower station. It's like off 54th and Nicollet. Where they can watch the Again. office. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So he's there, and he's watching it. And I'm like, you know, checking out a scene. I was like, that's pretty funny. Let me actually, I got time. <laughs> I got time today. Yeah, so yeah. let me sit down and check it out. And, man... Yeah, I I spent like the next three months watching it to mm-hmm. to, to, to to finish it, and mm-hmm. I ain't stopped watching it since. That's yeah, good. So yeah, it's easily repeatable too. That's, 100%. That's, a, that's the meme thing too, right? One hundred. That's also one of those things. The Office. It's like 
like I could I could be like, hey, I'm watching this show, this show, and this show. What are you watching? And you'd be like, I have I never heard of any of those. Yeah. Like that's how it is right now because there's so many platforms and so many yeah. productions. The Office yeah. is like that last bastion of old school TV. I yep. think where like you had to be there on Thursday or whatever day it was. One hundred percent. So it it had more meaning for all of us. Yeah. Us old people. For me, the. <laughs> in, in our mid thirties and <laughs> early forties and whatever. How old are you? Thirty-five. You? I'm thirty-five. Yeah. Yeah. I, I knew we had yeah, a kindred yeah, thing yeah. going on. One hundred percent. Gramps over here is mm, <laughs> a little bit probably more. living, baby. <laughs> no, uh, I think the biggest thing for the office for me is like it's also therapeutic too. You know, like tell me what you mean. If I, you know, I deal with you know PTSD, depression, anxiety, all that jazz, and obviously, I tell people it developed in the army but it definitely grew its foundation growing up and that's what i was kind of saying earlier when we were talking about you know um growing up in chicago it was all i knew so at the at that time it wasn't bad to me this is just what it was you know but now looking back (laughs) it definitely um started transgressions that, that the army helped um i guess blossom you know and things that i had to like tackle yeah the right stimuli yeah paralleled previous experiences and and lit the little fires yeah 100 percent. and you didn't i never knew that until i actually did therapy and we were talking about certain things i'm just like oh shit wait hold on you know it's like you go back and you get to like really visit some things that you experienced and you went through that shaped what you went through in the military as well. You, you said parallel. Yeah. It's fucking right on. Yeah. Like, very and All parallel. those dots in your past are getting connected yep. as you start conversing yep. about it. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So, so yeah, for me, like, the office is, like, if I put the office on and sit down, eat some lunch, like, that. that is a therapeutic session yeah, for a little, me like, a little happy place yeah 100 100%, 100%, 100% <laughs> if I get 22 minutes of episode you know we're good we're good for a yeah. while so I think that's another reason that I like gravitated towards it and still watch it literally yeah, yeah. it's not a day to go by that I don't watch it yeah. <laughs> I, I catch at least an episode a day because it's at least a, it's a certain thing. point of the day I need mm-hmm. to sit down and chill and it's, yeah, it's like the mash theme. Mash theme make you tired. <laughs> to, yeah. This, this one will bring you peace, <laughs> this right? Makes me yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, Paulie and I will talk about. Um, like I probably watched The Sopranos ah. like eighty five times yeah. all the way through, just yeah. putting it on in the background while you're cleaning. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. sit and watch it and yeah. whatnot. And he's that way with Law and Order. Yeah. Okay. With like a boomer move. I can I can do that with The Wire. See now. Yeah, all right, I got to get on The Wire. You watch The Wire? All right. The Wire. I seem to be the only person on the planet. Even Jeremy. From MTT yeah, messaged Jeremy me, Clark, yeah, because yeah. I think he brought it up on his episode, and then he messaged me last night. We shot a few messages, and he was basically like, "You need to get on that." Yeah, so um, I have to do it. I was watching that right before I left for basic training, like episode three of season one, and um, I ended up catching back up with it like a couple years later. But yes, The Wire, hands down, a top three, possibly number one show ever. That's what he said. He said it's the greatest show ever made. It, it is. <laughs> I, yeah, I can't really like put in the words. It, it's outstanding. But uh, it is uh. Baltimore. It, it, it will show you just 
how much you don't know about the world. Not even about the world, about the U.S. And then it does a great job of explaining it in the characters and the writing and but it's like it's real it's dead on and yeah it's really really brings perspective i like that yeah it's really well done each season features a little something different and it's it's really well done nice but yeah you gotta check that out man are there good movies or shows about firefighting i don't know not to me I damn sure don't watch no Chicago Fire. People ask me that all the time. Uh, That's one of those questions I would tell myself I'm not going to ask. But we no, just, no, we started talking podcast. We, well, you so know, that's no, okay. yeah, but we also started talking about the fire department. Yeah. Then we started talking shows. I'm like, all right, it's too See, too easy a transition. Um, yeah, the, and that's the thing too. Like, I I've I never once as a kid was like I'm gonna be a firefighter. Literally, the reason I applied for firefighting. Shout out to Caitlin Young. She. Uh, one of the old other fighters, I'm, the, I'm, I'm not sure he's on Facebook anymore, Andre Tiva. Anyway, he was complaining about not having a job. Caitlin posted <laughs> that Minneapolis Fire Department was hiring. I click on that post. There's two days left to turn an application. All I saw was paramilitary organization. I was like, oh, you know, all right, let's see what's up. Get us a try. Mm-hmm. I was working downtown for Valspar at the time doing mm-hmm. logistics for them. And I liked it. I liked the job. I was the only black person on the ninth or tenth floor. I had a maid. I could do whatever I wanted. <laughs> That's funny and it's true. That's mm. funny and true. But literally, I could do whatever yeah, I wanted. Yeah, but no, yeah. they were really good people, yeah, and yeah, um, yeah. I, I really liked that job. And it was. But you wanted to steal this job from this other guy that was looking for a job. You know it. So <laughs> came through. Put a. I I didn't know anything about firefighting yeah, yeah, until sure. I didn't know about the schedule. I didn't know anybody. I didn't know anything about it. And I'll never forget, put an application, my guy, Derek Rhodes. So we're going through, like, this line at the armory, and he's, like, you know, talking about firefighting. And all I'm thinking in my head is, damn, this dude can talk his ass off. Because he literally, and Derek Rhodes can talk his ass off. He doesn't shut up. There, everybody and their mama know Derek Rhodes. I'm surprised <laughs> you don't know him, Paul. But everybody knows Derek Rhodes. He's a great dude, really high energy. Yeah. Like, you're going to yeah. know when he in the room. But anyway... We uh, apply, and then we got to take this test down at the convention center. So it's like three to 4,000 total applicants on that day at the convention center. It's like 1,000 of us or something. Everybody and their mama got on a volunteer fire T-shirt. I'm talking about air. all I see is, you know, fucking Ohio something fire or Maple Grove fire, yeah. you know, South Dakota fire. Some yeah. sh- I'm like, I'm in there in a goddamn white t-shirt and i'm like oh, what the hell am i doing here like i i, I don't stand a chance right, like you know right. and sure enough we do that test then we do the physical then we do an interview and they came out with the list and it was like yeah you're number 16 i was like like you sure whatever all right fuck it we're gonna roll with it <laughs> yeah, you know because yeah. then by that time i uh knew some people who knew some fire personnel and they were like they're basically going to take like the first 20 or 25 to do the first class so i got that letter that august and then february um i got invited to come to cadet school starting march 31 2014 so so yeah. how many people out of that x number of thousands get hired through that so process? the list was 272 and just like valspar i was the only black person on that uh-huh. damn list <laughs> It's Minnesota, so it's Minnesota they had the, man. The they whole had, state is yeah. like ninety-two percent. They had white to change <laughs> some of the uh, hiring practices because what happened was basically you you got points for residency 
if mm. you lived in Minneapolis, you yeah. got vet points. If you were a veteran, and then you got sure. disabled veteran points. So that was a lot of white males. Yeah. And yeah. um, so they changed that up to get to have it look more like Minneapolis. Right. Yeah. So definitely yeah. Minneapolis. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's be real, right? Yeah, for sure. Well, that's a, a yet again another example of, of some opportunity rolling in front of you and just deciding <laughs> to roll with it, right? You you already said that in the beginning, and you're right. That's yeah. exactly how things yeah. are working. And it worked out. So yeah, it worked out. So I I I'm lucky um, because I had no idea until you become a firefighter how many people want to be firefighters. Because like when you go. And I'm not one of the people who, like, wear a fire T-shirt if I'm off, like, and that's why I'm here real quick. We'll go back to that. But mm-hmm. I've always found, and that's with anything, whether it's Army, wrestling, jujitsu, or fire department, if you have one thing that defines you, it's only a matter of time before you self-destruct. Yeah. <laughs> you got to yep. find balance. Sure. Now, while I love firefighting, don't get me wrong, I ain't never went to work and was like, man, I hope it's a fire today. Fuck no. God, I hope not. I hope not. If it is, for, I'm there. You know, we're going to get it in. Let's do it. Let's do what we got to do. But I'm not looking to run into yeah. a goddamn burning building. When it's time to, I will. Yeah. I'll do my job. I'll right, do it professionally. Right, right, I'll right. do it correctly. But it's a lot of shit that comes. Like somebody's f- stuff is getting destroyed. Somebody can possibly die. Like it's a lot of shit that come with that. So... Why I love the fire department, I love helping people. I still got other things that I have interest in too. So it's like, um, I always tell people, just don't let one thing define you. Why I love the fire department, it doesn't define me. Yeah, it's good. Just a part of who that's I a good am, thing. you know. Yeah, yeah. And that's good with anything. So. A couple weekends a year, you like to go fuck somebody up, then yeah. you get fucked up. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's good balance. <laughs> Exactly. It, There's it is, risk there, but he agreed to the same risk. Damn it, one hundred percent. Yeah, one hundred. One hundred percent. I didn't ask you that question about fighting, about MMA. Yeah, like wildest fight story, cutest fight story, whatever it might be. Whew. Most memorable fight. Um, I'd say my wildest fight story, probably when I in the ring. Please come on now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got you, G. I got you. Nah, um, it's probably when I fall down in Indianapolis. Literally, I think it was five years or six years ago to the day. It's in my Facebook memories today, but it reminded me. But yeah, I was fighting at 170 for the first time. This kid, Dustin Pape, he's like eight, seven and one or eight and oh, something like that. Anyway, I was supposed to come in and take an L. That was the that was the reason for me being there. Um, like that was people's expectation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you know, I was um, like, this is some underhanded gambling. I know. Nah, nah, nah. no, uh, none of that. Um, Mark Donahue, NBA ref shit. But no, <laughs> no. Um, we had. It was my first time fighting at seventy. It was like six people rooting for me in a crowd. Mm-hmm. Like literally everybody else there was there to see yeah. him. And um, first round he won. Second round, I won, and I got to knock him out in the third round. And it's a perfect fight, right? Yeah, I got booed. Give you a round, I'll yeah. take a round, then I'm going to end yeah, it. Right? Yeah, yeah. Mm. Got booed at the end, so that felt pretty. That was actually, I was like happy. <laughs> yeah. I, I was smiling from it, like, yeah. thank you, thank you, guys. Because you know you beat the you. odds, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The expectations yeah. anyway, right? Yeah, I was like cloud nine. For I like that. That's so cool. that, was, that, was, that, was, that was really, really fun. Where so. Indiana? 
It was yeah, um, I think Hammond, Indiana. It was at one of the like cas- by Bloomington or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, by one of the casinos out there. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. So it was fun. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, good times. But uh, yeah, hopefully we trying to get a get another story here soon. So mm-hmm. it's just with you the, don't have anything official coming up. Huh? Nope, nope. Um, put my names in all kinds of hats, but not no luck yet. But. Staying optimistic. It's just kind of the way things are, right? Yeah, now, right? yeah, yeah. Like they've even the, like the Minnesota powerlifting people have put meets on the schedule and stuff, and you know for April and May. And yeah, it's sort of like we'll yeah, see, we'll see, <laughs> we'll see. I'm hopeful. You exactly. Know? We'll yeah, see. yeah. You'd be as optimistic as you want to be. So, but uh, yeah, I just noticed real quick. Paulie almost got the same watch as me. I, I like your style, man. <laughs> I like you more and more here, Paulie. <laughs> Yours fits your outfit better than his. It fits his though. Well, I take that. Everything I wear is red, so you feel free to do the same, Polly. Red's my look, favorite. Look color. at his shirt though. You notice that? Hey, gangster! I like that. Your MTV turn around. Yeah, yeah, the MTV raps. Hey, one time for him, huh? You need to. You need to have. It needs to be Beastie Boys though. What? Yeah. 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 yeah I fucks with that. <laughs> That's nice. I like that. I like that. Yeah, so I went to high school at James B. Dudley. Um, so when I got to North Carolina, mind you, we were broke in Chicago, so we had just moved, so we were even broker when <laughs> we got to North Carolina. I never forget we got to the first day of school, I don't know a fucking soul, and I got on these faded thrift store jeans and this shirt that looked like it was on somebody's grandpa on a slave plantation. And oh my god, it was the, it was the worst. Uh, you know, you're in not, finally in high school. And you're like, this is what the fuck I'm coming into. I got on my brother's shoes from last year. <laughs> it was tough. It was tough. But I mean, you know, nobody like picked on me or anything. You know, it was more of like uh, subconscious, self conscious thinking. Like you know, like I know everybody know these fucking pants are faded and this shirt is just about to fall apart any minute. <laughs> but you know. For the most part, people were nice, and eventually, um, I started working at a grocery store and was able to buy some of my own clothes and shoes, <laughs> so it worked out. But uh, my wrestling coach, who actually, um, he passed away from, he was 34, he had uh, got cancer mm. on his kidney, oh and um, I, I want to say, yeah, about it's about to be eight years this year. Um, he passed away and, um, but he had like such a really big part of me like growing up because he was super cool. So like, I obviously like tried to model myself after him and just his like swagger and how he carried himself. Like he was super confident. He was a light skinned cat. So, you know, they all think they super pretty. Like <laughs> he used to cut his own hair. You know what I mean? He had like the little mini fro with the taper and, uh, you know, he just, he just had an aura about him. So it kind of like showed me the direction, you know? And, um, so yeah, between him and wrestling, it kind of helped me like, you know, fit in quote unquote better. So, but yeah, North it, Greensboro is a lot different than it was when I was there, because I moved there in '99. You know, 
it's actually got like bigger and like they have a actual have an actual like downtown and all that stuff now so it's like it's it's pretty nice now not that it wasn't then but you know it's definitely grown over time i think like for wrestling especially you don't you have so much time together that you have to like have a connection in order for it to work because otherwise you're not going to be around somebody that much that you can't click with, you know, and it's you're also suffering together. Yeah, and like, they, that's a contrast in culture from BJJ, they, right? Like one hundred percent. You're going to kind of going to war in that hot room. Yeah, and they know what you've been through because they've been through it too. So you know, like the, there's that added level, and then you just know how much they care. Like it's they don't have to like say it. They shit all they do they show it, you know, because you're not the only people that was at the school later than us practicing was the blank was the band and that's because we in north carolina and our high school band was a fucking monster <laughs> but they'd be the only people out there practicing when we mm-hmm. left it's like mm-hmm. seven thirty-eight when we're leaving that motherfucker's still out there hitting the drums like right. on the drum line you know but that's because you know band down south is a really big thing but yeah. but you know and then he gave me a ride home literally every day because i was outside the school district it's not a day that he didn't give me a ride home. Never asked for gas money, nothing, you know. And then doing them ride homes, he's, you know, we're talking about life. I didn't have a dad growing up. So, you know, this is the closest thing I got. So I'm getting free game, getting, you know, <laughs> like the whole nine, you know. So it's, I think, and, you know, even though everybody wasn't in my situation, they saw it. So it's hard not to see that level of, um, commitment and dedication and not appreciate it you know and understand exactly all that they're doing for someone and then you know your teammates you care about them so you see your teammate getting love you know you like yeah fuck that's what's up you know and that makes you you know feel even stronger about that person because you you like again they're not talking about what they're doing you're seeing it firsthand you know so i think that's a big big reason why. he's an up dragger i always talk about you either drag people up or you drag people yeah, down 100 percent. like as an average across the days of our lives yeah. right and he's an up dragger yeah 100 percent. he helped out i don't know how many people just in life general you know because and then our school wasn't like a big wrestling school like we were an all black pretty much all black school was like 97 percent black we had like two white people and they were both in my ap physics class that was a joke, but anyway, no, I just like <laughs> we had literally we, 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 knew, we, had, we like, knew it was a joke. We had That's like why two we let it three. flat. So uh, it wasn't that many, but yeah. you know, at, wrestling wasn't like a big deal. Like we beat the shit out of people in basketball and football, obviously. So you know, mm-hmm. and um, that was Crosby's thing. Like he wanted when people see that they got to wrestle Dudley, like oh shit, you know, not like uh, whatever. Like no, like. They about to put it on us, you know. So, and then he bought it to that level, you know. He he did that. I think that's so, actually an important thing, even if it's like the whole school's athletic programs are nothing really to speak of in terms of don't win a lot of championships and yeah. stuff. But like being able to build programs or a specific program, 100%. where it can be a source of pride for the kids, yep. even though they're not the reigning state champs every yeah, year you know yeah yeah that, that's a, a bigger deal than being the reigning state yeah. champs in my opinion agreed agreed yeah he definitely like hell if you were able to get confidence by doing that then it gave you confidence everywhere else in life you know like 
and it did. It did. He set the tone early, you know, while you're 13 years old, like he set the tone for you. So you didn't realize it <laughs> at the moment, of course. Oh, no, but no. Man. Like, yeah, it's a game changer, man. Like, yeah, he, um, that's why my first son's name is Quentin. Cause his name was Quentin Crosby, but oh, yeah, that's cool. My, that's my dog. Yeah. 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 I remember, uh, like we were okay athletic program yeah. at the high school I went to. Okay. Couple of good teams, couple of okay teams, that kind of deal. But I remember the this might have been bullshit. This is one of those you grow up and you look back and you see stuff different lens, just like you said a few yeah. times. This might have been bullshit, but the coaching point still stands. Like we, you know, we go like five and four football, which is like, all right, y'all showed up, good job, yeah. you know. But the, the feedback that we would get is that you probably weren't going to lose to us. But you damn sure we're gonna earn the win. One hundred percent. You know, like yeah. we were gonna beat the hell out of you if nothing else. Yeah. You know, we're yeah. physical and fast and conditioned. You know, yeah. just drop the ball once in a while. You yeah. Know? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So like, whatever the source of pride needs to be, have that source of pride. Yeah, and he, that's what Crosby used to always say: if motherfucker wrestle you and win, make sure next time he fuck, I gotta wrestle him again. Like they, you know yeah. damn well, like oh shit. You know, they, they, I gotta pack my lunch. Like, make sure they know they gotta be ready next yeah, time. Yeah, <laughs> yes, this is not a game. Like, they do not. Do I got him in my bracket again? Like, that's mm-hmm. that's that's he's though he was big on that. So yeah, he always and then you know, kind of same relation. You know, forbid you have to fight someone, but you know, if you do end up you know fighting someone, then. If they want to fight you again, you didn't fight them right the first time. <laughs> Even if they win, <laughs> you make yeah. sure like I am not fighting. Nah, we could be cool now. We got a level of respect. We we fought it out. It's good now. Nah, I'm not trying to go through that again. Right. You know. Yeah. So I like that. Yeah, I like that a lot. Actually, that that that's how you want to keep it. Like even if they win, we all right, we good now. Like it's settled. <laughs> I see where you at. You see where I'm at. We're good. We don't need to do that just again. Just grateful to walk away. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's just go ahead and let that be. Bygones be. <laughs> Your black belt in jujitsu. Yeah. Uh, who gave it to you? Uh, Mauricio. Mauricio Cara. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. So uh, that's Rochester or no? No, 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 no. no. I'm sorry. Mar- Mario Roberto. Okay. But Mauricio, right. he had he just left this year. He was up with us from uh, at the cellar. At the cellar, he was from Checkmate. Um, so he was in Brazil for you know his whole life. Then he was in L.A. for about a year in the L.A. area, and then um, he got um, yeah, yeah, Leal Vieira. So and Leo Leo Vieira, but uh, he owns Checkmat, and uh, before that, Chris had Michael and Karen from Checkmat out here. So he asked Leo if he had anybody, and he sent uh, Mauricio. Mm-hmm. And uh, so Mauricio was up here for about three years, and we did a lot of competing with him. He because uh, he was big on competing and going to tournaments, and not that you had to, but he liked to. So it made it easier to to do it if you saw your professor doing it. Right, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so yeah, got my black belt from him. And uh, when was that? That was July six, twenty twenty. So. Oh, I had you pegged for for a little little farther back than that, actually. No, nope. Uh, yeah, just just July. I was minding my business. Twenty twenty is a. It, yeah, it throws the whole timeline yeah. of things yeah. off. So <laughs> you're minding your business. Minding my business, teaching my kids class, and um. <laughs> So we at this point it's the pandemic, so we're training with dummies. So mm-hmm. one of the people from the front desk come and they're like, "Hey, 
they need you out here. So I, of course, if they need me, somebody's got hurt, like you know, somebody yeah. got a broke ankle or yeah. some 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 EMT shit. So I'm like thinking to myself, who in the fuck hurt themselves with a dummy? <laughs> I'm like, I don't even know if they if I de- they deserve any saving. I'm about to go laugh at them. And Better like, be a white. Like bro. what the hell is going on yeah. back here? We got dummies back here. How you injuring yourself? So I go back there, and then of course, yeah, Mauricio standing there with a black belt. I'm yeah. like, oh shit, why yeah. y'all doing this to me? So. It was it was pretty cool though. That's was, I, I like cool. I like that there's a cool gesture or story yeah. or scenario behind a lot of people's yeah. black belt. Yeah. Versus just like, all right, here you go, buddy. Yeah. Yeah, because you always think it like at that point I'm not worried about the black belt. I'm like trying to be good. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like Which means you deserve a black belt. You know, right? you, you yeah, in a way. <laughs> in a yeah, way, yeah. Like, no, no, you're right though. Absolutely. I mean, I don't know. Thinking back on it, like that's yeah. the total way you should be thinking like because you like you know how hard it is as a brown belt so you know it's gonna get harder as a black belt so you like hey i want to make sure everything is fucking grade a like like i'm trying to improve on every part of my game because i know once i'm a black belt like it's about to like they coming for my ass like they doing it now as a brown belt so it's gonna be worse but in that preparation in that train of thought like you're right that that's what leads you to that 100 percent. sure so yeah yeah that's pretty cool so your leader at the gym is that the deal you teach some kids class do you yeah, teach, teach some kids class teach adult class too okay. um it's funny because now that you have a black belt you kind of forget about it at times like i'm still used to being ken like i'm used to being me like right. i mean i like I like helping people right, clearly right, right, right. <laughs> i've been yeah. doing it my whole life you know yeah. so like if i can help somebody you know I know what I know, and my thing is I know what I'm good at. I know what I need to get better at. I'll 100% help you with what I'm good at if, you, if you're interested in knowing. You know, I, I, I can put you on whatever game you want. If you want to know how I keep getting the same moves that I'm getting, obviously it's because I've been working on it and I'm very good at it, so, yeah, I'll show you, you know. So for somebody to, like, I just had my first private, and that was weird for me. Like, I had somebody paid me for an hour for me to show them some jujitsu, and I was like, you know, or just getting paid to teach, period. You know, it's like, I kind of forget. I don't ever go into it, like, thinking of it as, like, work. And I don't do that with the fire department either, really, which I'm, damn it, that's why I'm always happy. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm very fortunate yeah. in that aspect. Like You're never going to work. Never. Yeah. I ain't had a Monday in fucking seven years. I literally have not. Like I don't yeah. like tomorrow is Monday, but it don't mean shit to me. Right. <laughs> like it's just yeah. another day. Like yeah. you know, so I'm ultimately blessed in that pa- aspect of it. And like I said, for me to it's probably the coolest thing I found out while I'm teaching is you know a lot more than you think you do. <laughs> but when you're sure. put in that level of like so I don't I have certain things that I want to cover with my with my students. You know, like I I my thing is I want to go over the same shit at least four classes in a row and then cuz I only teach Tuesday and Thursday, so that's one pod, it's Tuesday, Thursday, and then they come on Friday as well, but it's a different instructor on Friday. So every Tuesday and Thursday we're going to drill the same shit just so it's in your head because if you drill it once and then don't do it again for another couple months then what's the point yeah that's just yep. you know that's the 
um, Ben Askren had a whole spill on that a while ago. And it, some of the points he made were pretty valid, like, you know, so I like to, like, drill the same things. And Talk, when, he, was, he was talking about the frequency. Like yeah, the, the frequency of it. To see it. Yeah, yeah. And and I think it's, it's, it's great value in that. And that's probably, like, the, the biggest thing I've learned is, like I said, you know more than you think you do because when people, when you keep doing something, people find different ways to mess it up. <laughs> so you, like, automatically, like, your brain just it just comes to you like well if you do this then that won't happen and it's like i am saying this shit at the same time i'm thinking to myself like i had no fucking clue about this but it's not that i didn't have a clue about it it's just i didn't have to think about it from this point of view or this perspective that this person is giving me yeah but it's always been back there now they're just bringing it out Mm -hmm. you know you never needed that response before yeah exactly exactly so that's probably like the coolest thing i've liked about teaching is just realizing like with one move you know how much details are in it that you know that you had no idea that you knew but because somebody's sitting there looking at a black belt i need this motherfucking answer where that you know you like well i got you g here you go so you do this 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 and this and it's like damn all right cool i guess i do yeah yeah so it's like that's pretty cool yeah. I like that part of it. So you can handle a lot of whatabouts. Yeah. What about and yeah. what about and what about? One hundred percent. Because like, yeah, I like to say think that whatever I'm showing, fucking solid. Like, I mean, I'm not reinventing the wheel. <laughs> it's a, yeah, it's right. a reason this shit works. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I've either seen Leandro Lowe or Lucas Lupri or somebody do it. You know what I right, mean? Right, like, right. you know, and I'm like, they saw it too. You exactly. Just have a yeah. Perspective yeah, on it. yeah. Yeah. They peep game. Now they doing it. Now they showing you how to do it. Now, all right, cool. Uh, now my my turn. So, yeah. You ever have to straighten somebody out at the gym? You ever have like a, a significant uh, disciplinary story? Nah, you like know, bullying or something like that. Nah, I have not. Um, well, no, I take that back. I've, you know, put the hammer to a couple people who were being like overly aggressive with. Um, you know, you get sometimes you get white belts who don't know their own strength, mm-hmm. you know, and then realize like jujitsu is a it's a it's a gentle art, you know. what I mean, like certainly in practice, it, yeah, man. exactly. Chill out, you training, yeah, like all right, now nah. I, I tell people all the time, whatever you giving you going to get mm-hmm. all right so mm-hmm. beware of how you are giving that or who you are giving that with you know right. so we had a a white belt who was going with another white belt and uh, this is one of our females she's like a buck 25 you know trying to ragdoll her mm-hmm. so you know I'm rolling on the other side I'm peeping it I look at Mauricio Mauricio look at me give me the nod I know what time it is, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm about to go yeah. put the wood to this motherfucker. Right, right. So and get over there. Provide some perspective. Exactly. <laughs> you know, get over there, whoop him up, you know, just basically try to take his manhood for six minutes mm-hmm. and then bring him to the side and let him know why he just got his ass whooped <laughs> politely, you know. Is he still around? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. He learned. Good, good, like, good. for the most part, good. I find that most people are, like, really receptive to that. They don't know what they're doing, you know. Because, it, yeah, it's a, it's a reminder of perspective, but it's also a – Indicator of possibility. One hundred percent. Yeah. Just fucking ragged on yeah. Me. yeah. Yeah. And it's just. I like, want to do that. <laughs> I was doing that. Now I want to do that. Exactly. Yeah. And it's just like to let them know, like this is this is the game. Like you know, you know, certain things can't go unchecked. You know, we can't yes. just let you yeah. know shit slide. So, but 
you know, there is an alternative. You know, you don't, you can, you don't have to be that, like, just because you knew, you can still learn how to approach the game right. You don't have to let being new mean you have to be ignorant. Like, that doesn't have, you can be new and still be a good teammate. You know, the two things can exist. You should be a sponge anyhow. Yeah, 100%. Soaking up all the etiquette, all the, along with the techniques and stuff. Yeah, 100%. You ever have to be EMT guy? Like oh, you kind of alluded times. to it. Anything, yeah. Anything, anything bad? Well, not just a. We had I think Dylan broke his ankle. Um, a couple knee knee scares and that's well, about pops. It. Yeah, yeah, nothing big. Shoulders, shit like that. But um, just reset it, give them ice, and send them on their way, kind of thing. Yeah, just stabilize yeah. them to the EMTs. It is nice to have somebody major. who knows what they're doing around for that stuff. Yeah, then you know it calm people down. Just yeah. let them know like. Yeah. Relax, G. It's Everybody okay. panics when somebody gets oh, hurt, except for the guy who's used to being around people who get hurt. One hundred percent. So yeah, it's just the, yeah. the mood. Yeah, that let Lemmy yeah. bring. Yeah, and let let me tell it. Uh, what did he call me? I think he called me ER room for a while. See what? So he called me the ER for a while. Oh, okay. Yeah. It was just a so. Um, two people <laughs> might have got hurt on. On, on some moves I was doing But that wasn't my fault That was theirs And they know now Okay So It's just a part of the game Alright So one got his foot like Stuck in the mat It was weird Like um, He was trying to um, I don't know Defend out of a single leg And his leg His f- Knee moved But his leg didn't So he That's not good Yeah So he popped his knee And then another guy Was trying to like Sprawl down as I had him in a double like I had him in the air and I'm trying to like put him down but he was trying to like almost like step down you know and when he stepped down he like buckled his knee I told him like, <sighs> next time just let me put you on your ass man I'm 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 doing it gently for a reason yeah. like you know I'm literally like bringing him down right. to, yep. to to put him place him on the mat yeah. and he like kind of tried to like step down and it wasn't good so yeah the, but, the majority of, of BJJ related injuries I've heard about are silly shit like that. Yeah. It's, it's just, just like shit silly. you ain't got no business doing. Yeah. It, more so like you pride of ego. Like, oh, I can't let him get this. Mm. I'm like, well, yeah, you can. And then you just keep training. Like, it's not that big of a deal. Like, yeah. nothing's on the line. <laughs> you know? The, the second you think, oh, I can't let him get this, they already got it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Am I wrong? Just let it happen. Yeah. Stand up, talk about it, review it, learn it. 100%. 100%. I just hate the idea of getting hurt. I'm so afraid of getting hurt. <laughs> I've had one training, sports training related injury, really, ever, and that was enough. I don't need any of that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. It's funny, too, is being on the fire department, you know, when I, everybody's like, oh, you still going to fight? You still going to do jiu You're going to get hurt. I'm like, like, I mean, I really don't know what else I'm going to do. Like, of course I'm going to do it. Like, yeah, that's like my 50 life. 50 years, I'll be dead, too. Yeah. So, in the meantime, you know. Mind you, these same people telling me I was going to get hurt. Uh-huh. Three of them got hurt playing softball. Like four of them got hurt getting off the damn truck. I'm like, hey, wait, wait, wait. Mm-hmm. What are y'all talking about? Mm-hmm. Me <laughs> doing jujitsu, getting messed up. Y'all ILD off getting off the damn truck. You know, falling on ice, just random shit. I say, well, if you knew how to break fall, you'd be all right. <laughs> <laughs> Truthfully, and, yeah. and that's kind of what I was gonna say is the difference is they think you're going off doing an activity, 
yeah. that one looks dangerous. Somebody's trying to punch you. Yeah. What you're doing is training. Exactly. You're preparing your body. 100%. You're also just yeah. punching and getting punched once in a yeah. while. You yeah. Know, whereas yeah. they're periodically big. going doing something innocuous like softball, yeah. but their bodies deteriorate. While drinking beer. Hell yes, yeah. of course. Yeah, yeah. That's but, the only way but to do it. But their body's deteriorating. You know, they're another year older. You're another year better. Yeah. 100%. Write that down. I like that. I like uh, that. I've seen you training at a few different places. Yeah. So... <laughs> So um, I've been trying to, uh, you know, get ready for a fight and stay ready. So I train. Um, I work with my guy Mo, Maurice, and Delico at a uh, work gym out in Hopkins. Mm-hmm. Um, I was there taking some pictures the other day. I just, yeah, yeah. I just messaged him and said, I suck at taking photos of boxing. Can I come in and yeah. practice a little bit? Yeah. Uh, that's a cool space. Yeah, yeah, really good space. Yeah. Yeah, nice. Was place. there was there like a before and after thing I saw of you? So you know, was there like a was there like a fat Ken. Oh yeah, uh, man, something like that. R.P. My man, Pop Smoke. So <laughs> going to another story, <laughs> but basically, uh, so I wasn't. Yeah, I was fat, and Lemmy's the only person who told me I was fat. So shout out to Lemmy. But mm-hmm. um, there. yeah, I I just wasn't where I needed to be like again the whole um I wasn't ready like I should be like now if they ask me to go fight tomorrow I could fight tomorrow without a doubt like you know closer to show yeah yeah not a doubt so um Pop Smoke the rapper I don't know if you fuck with him but Mm -mm. Really good dude. The in New York, mm-hmm. uh, it's what they call d- drill rap. You know, he basically like patent patent that sound. It's kind of like some of the shit from London and whatnot. Sure. But uh, anyway, he was only twenty and he died last February nineteenth. They, you know, people tried to rob rob his house. He was home and they killed him. So stupid. I listened to him before, but I didn't really mess with him like heavy. But I don't know why. But after he passed away. I was like, I got to make the most out of my life. Mm. Don't ask me why I took yeah. Pop Smoke dying. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Mind you, Nipsey also had passed away before that. Kobe Bryant passed yeah, away. Why those fucked with me? You know, this one messed with me the most. Like, and if they go by and listen to some Pop Smoke or I, I don't know what the connection is, but it's one there. But anyway. You don't need to explain the good. Yeah. The, the good uh, catalyst. Yeah. Yeah. Just exactly. Go with the good exactly. Yeah. So. That's been a reason, like literally, literally, like transformed my take on training and just making the most out of this opportunity mm-hmm. I have while I can, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then whatever happens, happens. But at least when time come and I look back, I bl- yeah, I was solid for this amount of time. Like I did everything in my power to get the most out of me and. That's what I'm doing now. Right, I do. Yeah. So that's why I train a couple places. It, it, yeah. Well, and, and I, was, I was talking to uh, Caitlin about that. I, yeah. I dig that. Yeah. That's a thing in like the meathead crowd. You know, you'll lift at this gym, lift at that yeah. gym, whatever. But it seems like it would just pull everybody up if sometimes they spar over there, sometimes they spar yeah. over here, you know? Yeah, 100%. Where else you train at? Just so, in terms of shout outs. Uh, Striking Institute, Caitlin. Yep. Caitlin and Ryan, they are. Yeah, man, they're good people. Um, I fucked with Caitlin before, you know, just through passing and obviously some fight community is small. Yeah. But so um, it's kind of boxing over at work, Muay Thai over at with Caitlin at yep, Striking yep, Institute. Yep. Yep. Jiu Jitsu at the cellar. Yep. 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 Um, 
So yeah, just um yeah, those those three places what, mainly. Yeah. Any of those gyms call you cement butt? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> That bastard, yes, that name is passed because of him, man. So, yeah, but that goes back to the the whole anti sweeping thing. Like you know, it's, it was always it's always been difficult. To sweep, yeah, sweep yeah. Me, so. so it's a it's a positive thing. <laughs> it don't sound positive. Those are the best nicknames. They sound derogatory, but they're complimentary. One hundred percent. I do this thing on Instagram when I sit down with somebody. I'll I'll put up a story, say, "Hey, if you could sit down and chat with so and so, what would you ask?" And every single time, it's just everybody trying to get me choked out by somebody. I'm like, I'm not asking any of this. <laughs> what are you guys trying to do? But it was from Potter Bomb, and I'm like, all right, this one sounds pretty good. <laughs> that's my guy. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Man, but that's yeah. kind of why I led with the, you had some chunky years. I thought maybe it related to that. No, but yeah. you ain't lying, though. Like, that's just my, my genealogy and DNA. If I, like, let myself go, my ass mm. is the first thing to grow. Mm. Like, yeah, my ass has always been huge. Yeah, so that's, that's, ass that's and not, hips. That's not bad, man. Yeah. So you ever get bored with fighting? Come, we'll come do squats and deadlifts. <laughs> hey, you probably I, be good. I, I, I get in there with you. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Paulie's wondering if you ever had a favorite belt, like in BJJ. Like, was there a period of of your training that stands out the most? Probably, uh, yeah, purple belt, because that's when I first started competing, and um, that kind of because like, of the competition, like. Is it more when I started competing, I really started appreciating BJJ more, or was it that period of of your development? Well, I said no. I think kind of all ties in, really. Sure. Like I just, yeah, I definitely started appreciating BJJ more at that point because of competing and everything competing brought along with it. You know, like the training. You know, if you're getting ready for a competition, it's a little different than regular training, you know, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. getting to take trips with your friends and. I get to take Lemmy to Southside Chicago and have some uh, one of Louis Farrakhan's representatives ask him if he want to join the Brotherhood. Like that shit that I'll never forget. You know, like we're on uh, 87th and uh, State Street at Harold's Chicken, eating. Of course, Lemmy vegan. He's not eating no damn Harold's Chicken, but it's one of the good chicken spots in Chicago. And sure enough. Lemmy is just fascinated by this magazine that the guy at the corner was passing out. So he's reading the magazine, and the guy comes and asks him if he's thinking about joining the joining the nation or if he wanted to give a donation. And Lemmy just looks at him and goes, "Nah, dog, I'm good," <laughs> and finishes reading. So yeah. like, moments like that, like yeah. Yeah, and for yeah. anybody that hasn't seen Lemmy, he's not the tannest negative gentleman in the room. Negative, and he has an undercut from. Yeah, don't call it a fade. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it, his boots look like he just got off Mars with leather, and it's yeah, it, let me, yeah, you you will know when you see. It's him. not a great clips fade. No, it's not a right. great great clips fade. <laughs> I love that. Post, yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he I saw pictures of his was his garage yeah. over last fall. Yeah, he hooked it up with the chains hanging from yeah, the ceiling. Yeah, yeah. It, but nice. I mean, it's nice, but. Mm. Got an interesting vibe, but it's only from pictures. I don't ask Lemmy no questions. Mm-hmm. I just, as long as the bitch empty and clean when I get in there, train, I'm good, man. Whatever he did beforehand, hey, we cool, man. You know, yeah. whatever you got to do, do your thing, man. <laughs> but, yeah, but, yeah, Purple Belt, definitely my favorite because it just showed me. At that point, I was not in a rush to get any other belts. Like, I was definitely just along for the process. Like, I knew it would happen at some point. 
because I knew I was going to keep training at this level and keep seeking more. So I think that was kind of like the, oh, yeah, this is, like, this is really it. Like, I knew, I thought before I really liked jiu-jitsu, but I really liked jiu-jitsu. So, yeah. Yeah. Why? What do you think? I think it brings it brings the best out of me. Um, it's shit. Pretty much, yeah. It's kind of who I am as a person. You know, it's many levels to it. It's um, helpful. It's taxing. It's hard. Um, it requires dedication. Some that I don't care how long I try, I'm still not gonna know everything. It's forever seeking. Like you. And it's something that you can carry with you everywhere, and you can have get to meet so many people and influence some people. You influence the people when you don't even know, you know, because I'm a black belt, quotation marks, people look at you differently, and I'm not acting any differently, but that means I can have positive effects on people. I can change somebody's notion of what they thought about what I look like without a gi, you know. So, yeah. Yeah. Jiu-jitsu is pretty cool. So it it compensates for being short. That's what you're saying. Well, <laughs> I'm just kidding. You know, not really. <laughs> being short, man. Yeah, speaking of being short, man. I don't yeah. When is being short not being cool? No, nah, I'm just bad. <laughs> you know, being short has never really been a problem with me, man. I I never had that uh being being short, being cool died with Bushwick Bill. Nah, Bushwick no? Bill was he he was beyond short. <laughs> I think it's all how you short little person. It's all how you carry yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So what what a uh, T I say? Say I'm five nine with a, with the sole of a six four. Yeah, so T I also said um, I remember this quote. I'm not a big rap guy, but okay. it was like a, a viral Instagram post that he did. Something like, I see all these people out celebrating on the weekend. What are you celebrating? <laughs> Which, like, is just a goof, but at the same time, it's kind of deep, too. Like, yeah. Like, if I, I, can't, I can't sit down and have this conversation with people who aren't fighters or black yeah. people. You know what I mean? 100%. Like, if I just grab somebody yeah. say, hey, let's do a podcast. What are we going to talk about? Television? Yeah. I mean, that's fun. We did it. But that's not substance. No. Yeah. I I don't have to look up that the exact quote, but I dug it. It's like what what are you celebrating? What'd you do this week? Yeah. What'd you do this year? That's true. You know. That's true. That's another good thing about not having ever having a Monday. That's that's another good thing. It's always the weekend. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, everything's weekend for me, baby. Um, particularly with black belts, uh, I usually finish with advice. So. However you want to do it, I'll stall. I'll finish this question slow, give you a chance to think about it. But maybe even the way I usually phrase it is relative to a white belt, relative to a blue belt, relative to a purple belt, relative to a brown belt, yeah, maybe even a black belt. You're talking to somebody, sitting down across from somebody at each of those levels. Yeah. What's the advice? My advice would be comparison is the thief of joy. You are in jujitsu to have fun. Who cares what the person across from you has accomplished or is getting faster or knows better? It's 
doesn't matter. Everybody got a different story. Everybody has a difficult physical composition. Everybody has a different life, different daily battles they're struggling. You do what you can. All right, the biggest battle is between you and you. And just be, especially comparing yourself with other people is not good. Also, everybody got a candle burning. Just because you blow somebody else's candle out don't mean yours gonna burn brighter. So just worry about your own shit. Um, state of course, it's it's a, it's a long haul. It's a steam liner, baby. This ain't no goddamn jet boat, right? This is a steam liner. It's gonna move slow. Some days you the hammer, some days you the nail, but that's the game. Um, just don't forget that you're doing this for you. All right, not your coach's expectations, which they probably don't even have any expectations. They just want you to enjoy yourself. So enjoy yourself. Don't who gives a shit about getting tapped or um, not getting something down as quick as you thought you should or quick as somebody else should. Who cares, man? Just go for it. Leave the consequences to your hard work. And your hard work might be different from my hard work, but it don't change it as hard work. So just do you. Yeah, that'd be my advice. I like it. Yeah. A lot of good sound clips in there, if nothing else. <laughs> you want to call anybody out? Uh, who do I want to call Fucking out? Kevin Skadshime. Yeah, Kevin, <laughs> Ethan, Ryan, you bastards. Now I'm just playing. <laughs> Those are my guys. I got to get out there on a Friday. Ishmael, that's my guy. I got much love for Ishmael. Saturday morning, too. It's open really roll Friday on. night and Saturday morning. Yeah, I come Friday night because then oh. I spar on Saturday morning. So, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah I come through Friday night. Ryan's told me to come down there so he can beat up on me, so. Yeah. They got with the, the with the new schedule changes. There's like a uh, a couple other random kind of open roles like yeah. Tuesday, Thursday at 11 a.m. kind of thing too, uh-huh. which used to just be like you know sort of a blended all yeah. levels instruction. Uh-huh. Anyhow, come check it out. Yeah, we good. We good, baby. Cool. Thanks, brother. All right. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in yet again. Hopefully that conversation was entertaining, informative, and maybe even funny. I won't try to pass off a lie about how we rolled after the conversation and I managed a double leg on him. But I will ask that you get on Instagram and or Facebook and check out at Pohada Photography. That's my photography project connected to this podcast project. I would appreciate a little love and support there. And now, as promised, a clip from next week's conversation. It was my second year of law school, and one of my law school buddies was doing jujitsu, and he's like, you should do it. You know, you used to wrestle. And so at the end of that, like, year, that summer, I started doing jujitsu. Yeah, it was great. I was hooked the first day, for sure. Like, legitimately, after day one, I was like, oh, I'm going to do this so much. I'm never going to stop doing this.